Welcome back. Uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first episode of the year, um, this is the 365 Message Center show where we help you plan for change, prevent or fix, stay informed. And we have got uh, quite a doozy because, of course, we've got plenty of content to show you, stuff that we ignored over our break. Uh, so let's get into it, Daniel. Rolling. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. The number of messages that we've got today, Daniel, they uh, gave us a lot of, gave us a lot of choice because we really didn't touch the message center for two weeks. We too need a break, don't we? We did have quite a few to choose from, so it is nice to have some choice. And I think we've picked some doozies mm. uh, for us to talk about today. Yep. Um, now, as as just as a refresher for those who might be joining and for those who are uh, regulars, remember it's about planning for change, preventing or fix and staying informed as we've dropped in our logo. And we did borrow that from um, the different categories of messages that, that were originally in the message center. And our real key um, goal here with the show is to create awareness around the change. We realized that a lot of people um, do take a quick glance, but maybe don't have time to take a look at this. And of course, Daniel and I, we have a vested interest in making sure that uh, you have uh, awareness of what's going to change and then just some thoughts and opinions around how you might implement it and what it might mean for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We definitely want to help you get from here to there, wherever here is, but get to there being uh, in a state of planning for what's coming and and getting yourself positioned to uh, be able to handle these changes and implement them for your organization. So, um, I, how was your break, Daryl? Mine was good. Mine mine was uh, I enjoyed some time off, being able to um, concentrate on other things. How was your time? Uh, I always find this time. Um... I, uh, during the summer, um, I'll take try and take a decent sized break, um, and I have this terrible habit in the past of relaxing for the first couple of days and then getting inspired by all this extra energy that I have and starting on additional projects. This time, look, a good a good measure of whether I put work aside was I forgot my passwords. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that aside, I know that the other feedback we got on and off throughout the year was, hey, you guys uh, you guys talk too much and you, you take too long to get to the point. Well, <laughs> so I, I, think, um, I think those people need to just uh, learn where the fast forward button is. But uh, for today, let's just jump right into it, yeah. Daryl. What do you got for us uh, in Teams? Oh, ah, well, um, of course, that's that's where it's all happening apparently according to to jeff teeper they've, they've got a whole lot more coming um so yeah today uh i know that this might be an older message because again we did leave the message center for a couple of weeks but we do need to talk about this first one about approvals within microsoft teams uh, this is mc231205 something that uh, we saw in september and i know this because it was a blog post um Let's just see if we can fire that up. Oh, I'll go over to another screen. Um, so it was an announcement, I think, over in um, in Ignite, Microsoft Ignite. Approvals is a uh, powered on Power Automate, uh, and it's you know what you would traditionally think of with with approvals. Well, let me just shove us over to that side there. 
um, where you can ask something like, uh, I would like to get approval for uh, time off. Um, I want you to check out this document. I want you to give approval for a, a, a discount for a customer. And uh, look, we won't play through videos and things and show you what it is, but just to say that the app um, sits within Microsoft Teams. Uh, it's about bringing those approvals all into one place. But because it is connected to PAL Automate, uh, it, it takes care of a lot of the, uh, the process of, let's ask these sets of approvers. Let's um, yeah, uh, manage that thing in one place. And what I do like about uh, approvals as an app is that it's not just about going into an app and using it, but because it's sitting in Teams, you can start it from a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, what do you what do you think about the potential here, Daniel? Because you've worked with SharePoint for a number of years and seen workflows. Mm -hmm. How would you see approvals work um, within Teams? Yeah, I think, and we are this um, page that Daryl has up for those uh, watching the video in the tech community, and we could put a link in the mess in the notes. But uh, is um, is a good video showcasing how that process could work? Except that I look at this video and go. Um, okay, this is good for one-offs of approvals, meaning what you do is you say, I want to do an approval. Here's the person I want to do it with. Uh, here, here's the document. And you upload the document and then you get, you know, someone signs off on it. Okay, great. But the management of that content is, uh, is where I start going, oh, that's, that's a little bit cringeworthy when you think about, I want a process for my documents and how I go about doing it. And Teams kind of disrupts that process. If I'm just, oh, I'm just going to willy-nilly upload any document I want to and ask for an approval. Mm. <sighs> okay. So I think this has a great fit. And, and I like this. It's a great fit for certain processes. But for others, it's not a great fit. And um, so just think about if you have formal processes of, you know, I – I have a library or a list and I want to go through a process of here's what I need to do. Fill in some metadata, for instance, mm. before I have to get that approval, you know, uh, then, you know, th this might not be the exact way to do it if you would like. But um, but it, it is a good process to say here. I've got a document. I need approval on this um, for me to move forward with it. Maybe, maybe I just want to send it to the client or I want to send, mm. whether that's internal or external, can you please take a look at it and, and see if this is good to go, you know, final let's, let's do this. Right. Will you give me a thumbs up. Um, so I, th I think it's a great process. Um, uh, just, I don't want people to think, Oh, I'm, we're just going to switch to teams for all of our approvals, yeah. uh, for everything. Um, that, that's the only thing I think about this. That's maybe, you know, a point of order here. Otherwise, yeah, well, I, think I think it, it's a great, it it's is great. a good point though. Like I know, um, workflows and there are other third party products that have certainly built a quite a mature offering out within SharePoint. Um, that it, that's more about, um, the, the starting point is your artifact. It is your document library and you can build out quite an extensive workflow, um, approval workflow. Uh, and it's attached to that document, whereas what you're saying here is it could start from the conversation end and it could just be approving anything. Um, yeah. And I, I, I know that and expect that this is just the start and there'll be mm -hmm. there'll be other things to come, particularly with um, the connection to Power Automate. 
that mm-hmm. you can, if you want to, you're not obliged to, but you can build that out a bit more and have other things happen, whether it be that it triggers something else or there's another few steps in in the process. Um, but yeah, good, good to see. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, in terms of when this is rolling out and what's happening with it, sorry, I'm fresh back from holiday, so I'm trying to find my notes. It's just terrible, isn't it? <laughs> the... Um, yeah, so it, it's there. There are other third-party apps. The couple of third-party apps that they have as an example within here um, to show that it's not just about using the native app, but um, they have approvals for yeah, um, e-signatures for Adobe Sign and DocuSign. So that's, I guess, they formed a partnership and wanted to get in there and show a couple of things that if you want to develop a third-party connection, um, then you can do more than just. Uh, attach whatever but you can probably trigger this off also from from those apps as well uh, and leverage that sort of stuff this is uh coming out back soon to our, very, yeah very soon. soon yeah and well, it was supposed to be um mid mid january is what they're mm-hmm. talking about so that's, that's you know right. days away mm-hmm. um i think the point too here is that because it's an app within teams you can go to your team's admin center and control it like any other published app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you choose not to allow everyone to use this and you just want to give it to a few people or just try it out, good change yeah. management, try it out with a group mm-hmm. and have a good use case for it and just see how does this sit within our organization, then go wide, um, then make use of the team's admin center to to publish that. But we've uh, talked enough about this, Daniel. Um, I want to hear about the the new meeting options uh, with Teams. Now, sure. it seems like we're always getting options, but what, what's special about these ones? Right. So this is new meeting options for managing large Teams meetings in Outlook for Windows. This is MC231140. Did you give the MC number for yours? I don't remember if you did i did i did and you know the funny thing about this one daniel you know how we make comments about certain things check this out um so that we know this is a team's meeting option but it's using it is not it's office it's office yeah yeah so it's got a logo of of office (laughs) instead of teams but it's really about the experience and outlook for windows and some of you may call this the desktop app or um the old pro plus um, this is the uh, Outlook that you install on your machine, and this is Windows, not Mac yet. Um, so this is when you're setting up a meeting for a large number of people. So if you're setting up a meeting and you've added 40 or more people, wow, that is a big meeting for you. Or you have 10 or more distributions lists. So you know you're you're adding 10 DLs, and you know Outlook's not going to drill into those automatically, and so. If you've done that, then it's going to prompt you uh, for meeting options for your Microsoft Teams meeting. Now, um, it is, and I just want to make a note, this is part of the Teams add-in for Outlook. This is not Outlook Mm. native. Um, So it actually relies on Teams version of the desktop that you've got installed for it to work. So if you've got a really old version of Teams desktop installed, then, um, then you need to get that updated. But... Um, that, and these options are this are really those same options that you get when you go into a meeting, you're in the team's client and you go to calendar and you open up a meeting and there's the meeting options at the top. You click that and then you get to set who can bypass the, uh, 
uh, lobby? Who can, who's going to present? Um, are you going to allow attendees to unmute, for instance? Um, so it's the so same. So you don't have thing. to go into a web page to see that. Yeah. See, that's the thing, Daryl. I, I actually wish this was for all meetings. Um, mm. Now, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying I want a pop up for every meeting. I would like to, if I go in and I'm using the Teams add-in and I click, you know, create a Teams meeting uh, in Outlook for Windows, and I actually want this for Outlook for the web, but as well, um, is I want it to have it in the UI. I want to set up the meeting, get the agenda. Everyone's putting an agenda in their meeting invites, right? I'm going to get the agenda in the, in the body. I'm going to get all that information, but then I want to set the the settings right there. I don't want to have to click anywhere. I don't want to have to send mm. the meeting and then go back into the meeting options. That seems like a ridiculous workflow uh, in this day and age. I want it right there, but that's not it. Um, but uh, anyway, so this is uh, coming out late January. This is rolling out for everyone pretty much. If you have, again, Outlook installed on your desktop in Windows, and you have the latest Teams app because it is that Teams add-in for Outlook. What do you think, Daryl? Are, are you as perplexed at the whole workflow about setting up Teams meetings settings? Well, um, I know that, well, at least the pop-up's there and that we're not going off to a, a separate web page. Um, yeah. I think the nature of this update is that it's guiding you towards good practice for larger meetings. And if you forget about using these sorts of options then at least you're getting that prompt to say do you think about this you're actually inviting more than 40 people and something that we've been infinitely familiar with um over you know the increased working remotely is the larger your meetings the less uh opportunity there is for people to to talk and when they do all talk at the same time it's a mess so great set these options and and set it so that people come in to a meeting by yep. default on mute, potentially. Um, if that's a, <laughs> did I? Well, I know you had an opinion about this too, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I, I did have an opinion over the break. It, it yeah. is my my opinion that everyone should join a meeting muted. Um, regardless yeah, of size, I, I think you were saying. <laughs> regardless of size, regardless of anything, I yeah. personally feel like everyone should come in unmute, muted, and then have to unmute themselves when they want to talk. There are some people who take exception to that because they, um, I think, feel like that is amateurish or um, meaning, you know, that's good for new people or for people who don't know what they're doing. But, hey, I know what I'm doing. So, well, that's great. But I've, I have most certainly been on many of calls with people who have been on many of calls before, too, where they're just noises are happening and uh, from the mundane to the outrageous. And you're like just mute your stupid microphone and it's because they came in unmuted and, and anyway so off my soapbox because i could be here all day um so um all right so we're done with meetings um let's no or actually are we? or are we let's talk about <laughs> our title message daryl about recaps yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'll, I'll find it. There it is. It's the second one. So it's quite a quite a recent one. We do throw some of these messages in the order that we deliver them. Um, and I've been looking forward to this one. This is Meetings. Uh, Teams introduces Meetings Recap in the Calendar Event Details tab. 
MC, let's scroll up a bit there, MC233470. Uh, I saw this at Ignite and thought, fantastic. You know, one thing that isn't done very well, especially when people are busy and there's too many meetings, is a good recap. Bringing it all together so that people can quickly catch up with the details, remind themselves of what's going on, or if they didn't manage to attend, then they can get to everything that was there as part of the meeting. Now we've been able to record the meeting for quite some time, you know, even beyond Teams, we've been able to record the meeting in all sorts of different platforms. But one thing that uh, has gradually come in is the transcription service. Um, and when you're attaching uh, accounts, sorry, not accounts, um, documents and other various different artifacts within a meeting. It's all there as part of the chat. So this recap uh, will bring all that together and put it in a tab so that when you are meeting, then it's easy for people to come back afterwards and say, ah, I see, transcript, recording, attachments. And of course, because it's part of the chat, then any chat that went on during there that's typed in to the meeting uh, will be there too. One thing to note about this, Daniel, is it's um, only at the moment available for meetings that are private meetings. You won't see it in channel meetings. And I think that's because, to an extent, some of this happens anyway, that you've got a recording, it's part of the chat. You've got chat, well, it's part of the chat because chat mm -hmm. is. Um, yeah. What about the transcript? Don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, the reason why it's not available for channel is, is what you just said. Transcript. Yeah. That, that one is a little bit, that may be a kind of a missing, uh, feature there, but, uh, you know, if it's a channel meeting, all the chat's going to be there, uh, that people have typed in. So, um, you know, in the recording, all that. So, um, it is good to see, uh, I, I like how this is another one of those updates that you might want to consider updating your, <laughs> Uh, training material yeah, yeah you might yeah. might want to but i mean it's an additional tab or rather mm -hmm. sorry it's it's added to the details tab because we did have the details tab we do have it there um i didn't really read close enough but what does this is this do you think it's available for people who are outside of your organization that join the meeting and then want to come back in and have a look or i i don't I don't know because uh, it didn't clearly state that, but I don't, mm. I wouldn't think so. Um, because if they're just part of a meeting, that does not necessarily mean they're part of the team. Uh, but it, you know, remember, it's just private meetings. I know, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have an account. So how does teams mm. know you have permissions to come in and look at the details? Um, you know, well, I, yeah, I just, that's, it leans towards another one that we chose not to cover this week, but just briefly, yeah. um, there is another update there where, uh, or message in the message center where when you invite someone to a meeting, um, it, it actually determines whether you're going to skip the lobby or not. So I think they can detect to an extent, should you have access to this? Yeah, because you were invited. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah. So um, I don't know the answer to that. That's a good question, yeah. and uh, if anybody we'll else has a insights to that, that'll be good to know. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll know by uh, complete by mid February. <laughs> um, yeah. So that those of you who uh, are early adopters and get some of these things early, certainly not the people that are NDA and um, have uh, early stuff and different tenants, but 
Uh, oh yeah, you could use that that new um, preview feature um, to give people access to this early and see what mm -hmm. what it looks like. But yeah, I think uh, look, to sum this up, the big advantage of this is it's helping people to uh, to catch up quickly with meetings. All the meetings that they have, uh, hopefully, you're reevaluating what needs to be a meeting and what can just be a conversation. Uh, but for those things that are just a meeting, at least it's bringing it all together there for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, turning our focus back to SharePoint, uh, something's been happening a bit in the authoring space for pages. Yes, we have a message. This is SharePoint page authoring. New first run experience, MC232126. Now, this is, uh, we're talking about pages here. So what's a page? Well, in previous versions of SharePoint, pages were simply, you know, you had your home page. Um, you could consider those uh, view pages. So you're looking at documents. The the view you're looking at could be it was a page. Um, so you know those kind of pages, and really that was left up to administrators. You really didn't have users or even content creators going in and creating pages. It just, mm. it kind of wasn't um, for the most part. And then Microsoft transitioned all, you know, creating news content as a page rather than a list item. And when we did that, now everyone, well, all content creators are creating pages. Uh, when they go in to create a news item, it's a, it's a new page. And so I've, I've always felt like the missing uh, piece, a gap, as it were, for training is we we tell people, okay, here's, you can create news now, and uh, this is the way you do it now, and it creates this page, and go for it. But how do they know about adding these parts to the page? How do, you know, the the sections, what, what are those difference, how, how does the hero web part work, and all mm -hmm. that kind of thing? Um, and so this is all about that first run experience. So the first time that a user creates a new page or news post, then they're gonna have an opportunity to take a product tour, meaning here's how you can uh, modify this page uh, to your liking. You know, how do you add web parts? How do you uh, move things around? How do you add sections? Those kind of things. Uh, so I absolutely love this. This is a very simple change. But it is one that you're probably going to need to make sure people know about it, those people that have not created content before. Um, so this really is just a little bit of training in the product right when they need it, right? First run experience, creating the page right when they need it uh, to be able to craft the page the way, the way they need to. Um, so this is rolling out early January. So we uh, could be having it now. Um, I, I don't have it yet, but it soon, I'm sure I will. Probably all because way, you're not a first run person. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, all the way up through the end of February is when this is uh, projected to roll out. Um, so it is, again, simple, Daryl, uh, change here. But I, I like this in product guide on how mm. to do things. Mm-hmm. You know? um, yeah, I too think that it's going to be helpful for, uh, for the democratization of news and creating news. Uh, I do like to encourage uh, organizations to 
open up a bit, certainly have an official news source, your internal comms team or the person who, who gets that all ship shape and make sure it's all um, good and getting the, the right message across internally. Uh, but for other teams that want to share what they're up to or um, you want to you know, bring that kind of news across, uh, then this is going to help bridge that gap and scale a bit of that learning in, in the product. I'm always, though, I'm always a bit sort of funny about first run experiences that is there a way for me to trigger that back? Because sometimes when yeah. I'm creating something and it's my first run, I just want to get on with it. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh, actually, it, but I want to go back and learn again when I've got I, more time. That's a bad habit and you know it. Um, and, and I do it too. It's the whole clickety clickety. I, I see something come up. I'm creating a page. And so I want to get on with it, just like you said. And there's something that pops up. Get out of here. I, I Leave me alone. I just want to do this thing. Well, that actually could have been a really helpful thing mm. uh, to get you started. Uh, I think IT people, um, maybe we're, we are bad, the worst offenders at this. I hope, I hope that we are and I hope that users are not as bad as us. Um, but because I agree with you, it'd be nice to get that first run experience back to just, you know, see that information. Wait a minute. I cleared that, but I don't know what I'm mm -hmm. doing. I'd love for that thing to run again. So it actually teaches me something. So, yeah. All right, Daryl, uh, I want to get back to teams enough of the SharePoint stuff right now. We'll, we'll have another SharePoint conversation here after this, okay. but let's get back to teams. Uh, can we? Yeah, well, definitely. I'll, I'll bring you in touch with this next, uh, update. Um, which is, it's interesting. I know <laughs> you got to get a pun in there somewhere. Microsoft that Teams touch bar meeting controls for Mac. MC232965. MacBook Pro owners uh, who have the touch bar. Great. You've got something coming to you for, for Microsoft Teams meetings where you're not sort of hunting for where that mute button is. You're not trying to do what I call finger twister finger yoga where it's three buttons to hit control alt m for mute and nope it's right there on the touch bar mute yourself or turn your camera on and off or there's a couple of other things there open and sh and close your sharing tray so that you can just choose what you want to share now this is this is why the touch bar is useful and we mock in some way oh come on max you should have a touch screen but it's really quite cool to have that touch bar there. MacBook owners, um, great. It, it's uh, features coming out early January, so maybe it's on your on your Macs already um, and, and complete by end of January. I love though how this says, note, if your organization does not use Mac OS, you can disregard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would expect that is the case. I'll bother. That last scene didn't have scene, uh, sound. Sorry, uh, thanks for calling it out, um, Angsgar. Uh, I should have done sign language. Um, just to say that I was showing the stream deck and that I'd programmed up a couple of buttons, but it didn't quite work the way that it was intended. Um, regarding 365, mute works. Thank you, Phil. You're, you're smart. You're very smart. Um, but yeah, yeah, moving along, not much more to say about that. Um, would you offer any training where appropriate? Well, it's there, okay? Yeah, and I think out. Mac users will you know, that have the touch bar, you know, they'll, they'll have something, you know, what's yeah. interesting, it just came to mind. I saw, um, there are now, uh, was it TV, uh, or is it a monitor? I think it was a monitor that has oh, a yeah. teams button. 
that they're gonna uh, I can't remember what brand that was. I, I got I got mixed feelings about that too. I did you too. Push I, a I would and... Yeah, personally I would never I mean, well, it's kind of one of those situations where what what problem are you trying to solve? People don't know how to open up teams or are you trying to remove I can see it where if you're wanting to go in a conference room and you're you don't want a keyboard. You know, and you just want people to just go and have a meeting, maybe. But anyway, um, Dell it's, monitor, uh, Ian says. Yeah, Ian says Dell. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. It's just another thing that I think could break and is going to cause problems when or, it doesn't or work. A, and, the other um, angle of this is marketing. We've got yeah. a Teams button on there. It's great. Did it have to be verified? Yes, it did, because it's yes. going to be verified. Verifiable. I understand yes. it being on maybe a headset or something, yeah. but again whatever daryl i yes. want to get back to sharepoint come let's on let's do it oh is it sharepoint well kind of sharepoint no no let's, let's okay everybody here we go here's the message microsoft lists app for ios mc232966 it is sharepoint daryl because lists are in sharepoint Yes, all lists, <laughs> SharePoint lists, that's that's where they, are, they live. So this is coming mid-January. It's not in the iOS app store as of in the U.S. version uh, and as of about an hour ago, I checked. Um, this could be uh, – so basically they're bringing an iOS app uh, to you so that you can integrate or that you can work with Microsoft lists. So you're going to be able to do things like sorting and filtering – entering data uh, into existing lists, creating lists, um, et cetera. There's even offline access view to Microsoft lists, which uh, my question was, wait, can we edit those lists in offline and then, you know, do a syncing? Mm. I highly doubt it. It does not mention that. And I highly doubt that's the way it's going to be. But um, could that be a, something in the future? That would be awesome. So you're going to be able to interact with any list whether that list was created in Microsoft list uh, application directly, or it was in a SharePoint list. Um, so I think this is great. We're going to, to be able to uh, interact. I, I, I have mixed feelings about having yet another app on my phone uh, to work with data. But then I thought uh, we have been building apps for users for a while now uh, using power apps and they use it on their phone and a lot of those apps are just lists they're really just lists with a nice shiny look on it could <laughs> this be oh a kind of a gap uh, filling in a gap between okay i want mobile but i don't want anything fancy i just want people to be able to enter in easily in data uh, on a mobile app but it power apps may be too much for me, right? Or maybe it's just I've been going, I've been creating a SharePoint list and then I click uh, customize with power apps just so that I can get a mobile app, you know, for my users. Well, I mean, this could be a way for you to not have to do that. You just use a, a standard Microsoft list and use that functionality and, and have people entering in the information. I don't know. Mm. Uh, it'll be interesting to play around with it and I will definitely do that. Um, but like I said, that's coming mid-January. We're almost there. Um, so hopefully we'll get some good – I think once people start using it, they'll get some good um, examples for us to say, uh, you know, this is a good way to do it um, for for your organization. I Again, 
I don't know. How do you feel about this? Uh, yet another app uh, to deal with. Um, well, uh, I see we're used to having lots of apps do different things. And if, if one app hands off to another app nicely, like mm -hmm. if you're in Teams or you're in the SharePoint app or something and you say, I want to work on a list and it pops up the lists app. You like that little pop noise? Pops yeah. up the lists app. That's for the podcast people there. Let me, okay, there we go. Um, pops up that app to to give you a fuller experience of working with the list and it gives you offline abilities and it brings all your other lists together. I'm okay with that. But the trend I saw too with the Office app bringing together Word, Excel, PowerPoint, something else and a few other things and bits. And I think Office Lens stuff as well, as uh, Phil reminds me there too. That's the trend in the other direction. We've had lots yeah. of different apps and now it's about bringing them together. Hmm. Yeah, um, I so I think the first thing you said, uh, where you know you're in the SharePoint app and you want to edit a list, can it can you seamlessly go to the list app? Um, that would be great. Uh, I kind of doubt that's what's going to happen, but let's see. Uh, it would be great if it did. Uh, the whole and that's kind of what I was talking about with I don't know about yet another app is that we had all these apps, we had separate apps for all of those things you just mentioned, and then they brought them back together into or brought them together in the office app um so here's a new just like you know an app for to do and an app for plan you know all of those there's another app for microsoft list and remember lists are just sharepoint lists so why do we need a separate i don't know um one would but hope that it's about offering more because that's the that was the point of bringing right. the office app yep. together was I can right. now scan something and it becomes an office document. Yep. And if it was lists, maybe we're looking at um, like what we can do, I think, with the Excel where you can take a picture and then it turns that spreadsheet that you've got mm -hmm. on paper into an actual spreadsheet. Maybe we'll see more of that smart stuff going on with the list app. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Mm. Barcode um, reader. So, yeah. <laughs> No, it, yes. And, bar, you know, those apps, like, a sta you know, things like I need to report an, an issue on the line or I need mm. to, you know, and it doesn't need to be this big involved power app. It just needs to be a list of information. How can I do that easily? Well, maybe this will be it. So mm. uh, we'll see when it comes out. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it was just one other thing, and I don't think we'll necessarily look too deep into it, but just a quick salute to, hey, yeah, there's some updates to to uh, the Microsoft 365 apps, formerly known as Office Pro Plus for Office 365 and all the other names it used to be called. We're talking about Office on the desktop um, and a couple of updates that came through to that, that, um, that, that great thing with um, roaming your Outlook settings. Yay. So if you're working from different machines that those settings, uh, some of them are in the cloud. Um, and also that presenter coach feature for PowerPoint too, that I thought were quite good to, to take a look at. So do check that out. Um, it, you will always be able to go in and find out what, what's going on there with, uh, with current channel by clicking on that link and going kapow, there it is. Uh, uh, and you've got to make all the sound effects like I have today. Kapow. People, yes, Kapow, Pop, Zowie, and Kablamo. Um, because if you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job as an IT pro. You've got to make those noises. Sorry sure about do. that. That's a good way to finish off, Daniel. Um, uh, just a quick note too. Does everyone like my uh, Polaroid hol holiday shirt? I, I just felt like I, I had to wear it today. I yeah. absolutely love it. 
Thank you, Daryl. For those in the podcast, just catch the video or take a look at the Twitter account for the show, which is twitter.com slash 365MCS. And we'll post a picture of Daryl with his wonderful shirt on there as well. Just the shit. (laughs) Right. Thank you, everyone, for being here today and for sticking with us on our first episode back in 2021. And I guess we will catch you next week uh, for episode 178. Eight. Yep. Woo-hoo.